Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for a, uh, a special week as we cover Wolverine's newest EP, A Darkened Sun. But before we get there, Chris, man, how are you? Very good. Uh, very good. Uh, long week. Glad that it's over. Shorter week coming up. And then uh, we'll get to hang out with each other for the first time in a while. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. I definitely, definitely am. It'll be, it'll be nice, and it'll be, uh, it's, it's well deserved if I do say so myself. It's been, it's been a long time coming, but I'm, I'm excited. Um, have you listened to anything good this week? I have a couple of things in mind that, uh, that I heard that just kind of blew me away. But, but I, I want to let you uh, kind of talk about some stuff first. Yeah, so I posted a new uh, playlist to our uh, Spotify playlist page, but I did, I can't remember if I actually posted about it on our social media. Um, if not, I will post it this week. But um, there's a couple of things that are on there that um, I wanted to mention. Um, I, I, I had mentioned the um, Legend of Valley Doom Part 3 album last week. And um, at the time, I'd only had a chance to listen to it the one time, but I've listened to it a bunch more times. And uh, it's really great stuff. The, the cast, I'm not going to go through the names again, but arguably one of my favorite uh, vocal casts ever put together on an album. Um, just some of my favorite singers. Uh, the songwriting is really strong. I think it's the best of uh, Marius Danielson's three albums that he's put out so far. So I um, have really been enjoying that. And uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it last week that um, if I did, uh, I apologize. I'll say, mention it again because it's worth mentioning again. Uh, Palake and Charlotte Wessels, formerly of Delane, did a, a song together called Into Fury, which I think is really, really well done. And, um, and, and again, that that's on the playlist as well, as well as, uh, the stranger who you, uh, mentioned, uh, a couple weeks ago and, um, a band evermore that you told me about, they have an album called court of the tyrant King, a uh, really cool song, Northern cross. Um, so, uh, definitely recommend checking out some of those songs. And, and I gotten, I had a, several people reach out to me, um, to say how much they really got like dark horse, white horse, um, you know, Nick and Knops, uh, both. Um, and then I spoke with my friend Caleb last night and he said he really enjoyed it as well. So I'm wondering if, uh, they really got something, uh, going here. I mean, it's only a four song EP, but, um, a lot of momentum, it seems just from some of the, some of our personal friends really enjoying, uh, that EP. Yeah, it kind of went under the radar when it was released in that it it didn't seem to get the fair the fanfare that I think it might have otherwise deserved, but I it's one of the best things I've heard in a long long time. So, I'm definitely with you there and 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 just to echo the sentiments about uh Legend of Valley Doom, I think it is the best of the three by far. I actually went back and listened to the first two just to kind of refresh my own recollection and I and I think it is the strongest. It also is the best uh has the best production of the three, which is not terribly surprising. So I, I have to echo echo your sentiments there. I just wanted to mention a couple of things myself. Uh, a couple of months ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned uh, the Silver Lake project by Essa Halapainen from, from Amorphous. They released another single, Ray of Light, but it features Einar Solberg uh, from Leprous on vocals. And that song is fantastic. Um, when you mix Leprous and Amorphous, you make me very happy. So definitely uh, something to check out and something that I'll be posting during the week. Uh, another project, which is in a completely different vein, uh, there's a band from, uh, it's really, I guess, a super group. It, it features Daniel Tompkins of Tesseract. Uh, the guitarist from Sky Harbor and a couple of other um, instrumentalists or a, a couple of other musicians. It's called White Moth Black Butterfly. And it's really like, 
I guess you'd call it like progressive pop music. It's really radio friendly and something that like I, I can almost hear when I when I when you put on pop radio here in New York City. This group has a chance to do something exceptionally special. They had released a single um, from I guess their upcoming release. It's called Soma. Uh, it's a short song, but it is phenomenal. And it's something that I think a lot of people will get into, not just fans of progressive music or, or rock music, but really um, it's something that anybody could listen to. And I'm curious to get people's thoughts on that when I when I post something. Have you ever heard of them or is, is this a new band for you as well? No, this is my first time hearing about it. Yeah, it's it's I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. It's definitely a change of pace. So I'll, I'm going to post that as well. Again, that's White Moth, Black Butterfly. Um they have two other uh albums I believe that had come out uh one was called uh 1000 Wings and the other was called Atone, both from a number of years ago, but their new release uh I believe it comes out at the end of this month. I think it's going to be called The Cost of Dreaming. So it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. And the last bit of uh nostalgia for me was a band called frost it was a progressive rock band from uh the uk they just released their new album and i was really impressed i thought it was one of their uh better efforts it was called day and age and i know that some of uh some of our listeners are big prog guys definitely check out the new frost album uh day and age very very good stuff you know well done and quite frankly when a band has been on hiatus for a while sometimes i get a little uh scared as to what's going to come out but i thought that they didn't they didn't miss a beat at all it was a really good album yeah i'm looking forward to hearing that i um i was a fan of uh some of their earlier albums um i remember just randomly hearing them um and just being like oh this is uh this is my kind of prog music which is you know prog is always kind of hit or miss for me uh in a lot of ways so uh but frost was always i, I think that kind of they have kind of that melodic um that melodic sound to them that makes it a little bit more like you know tap your foot uh catchy kind of like prog music that i i definitely am a fan of so i i look forward to hearing that yeah i think i think you'll definitely enjoy it and uh you know unfortunately i know that you couldn't join our conversation uh with wolverine as we talked about a darkened sun but i I did have the opportunity to sit down and, and really go into kind of detail about the new ep and some of the other stuff that they're working on um, and that that was with Marcus and, and Thomas from the band who, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to see at Prog Power a number of years ago, which was a very memorable experience for me. Uh, I can tell you that. So it was nice to sit down with them. Uh, but, you know, like I said, unfortunately, I, 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 I think we'll go back to the normal format next week where, uh, we, where we debate uh, our next album. But uh, before we talk about next week, let us let us play for you our, our, our piece with with Wolverine, which I think you'll all enjoy. Welcome back. It's Justin here with Marcus and Thomas from Wolverine. Thank you guys for joining me. How are you both? Well, how are you, Marcus? Uh, I'm I'm good here in the bubble, so to speak. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a crazy time, uh, you know. Obviously, I am so so happy that you could join me um, today, and I think the fans of the show are really going to enjoy us kind of doing a deep dive into your newest release. So again, thank you so much for, for, for jumping on with me today. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah. yeah, our pleasure. Uh, I know that A Darkened Sun, your your most recent EP, was digitally released uh, just a couple of days ago on May 14th. Um, but the world really first got to hear it on, on October 31st of last year. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how this idea came about and, and really what, what inspired um, this, this, you know, 
wonderful piece of music tied to this this rather detailed video and, and visual production. Should you start, Thomas? No, I think you should start, Marcus, because okay. you you're the one who came up with the uh, the original ideas for the songs. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my view of it was <laughs> that we we wanted to make an EP. That was our, you know, first intent, and 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 then uh, we demoed some songs, and uh, after you know a while, I think Thomas came with the idea that. We should make a film out of it. So it was really the music that kind of dictated where the project went? Yeah. Um, I guess it always is. Uh, music always comes first uh, when we're writing, at least. First music, then lyrics, and then the rest. Uh, it kind I, of I falls into the... place from, from there, I suppose. Yeah. And, and, and Thomas, I guess to that end, you know, you had these ideas for these for these four beautiful songs what inspired you to to put this this uh, you know rather powerful movie behind it well i don't know well first of all i think like marcus says it 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 was about just the idea of doing something um well special uh like beyond uh audio only in quotation marks um to, to sort of offer uh, a new dimension, if you will, to, to the whole thing. So, um, and when, when Marcus at an early stage played a couple of like, uh, well, what should we call it, like skeletons? of, of Like of, demo, uh, demos or yeah, early, sort of, early versions? Yeah, yeah, that he'd put together. Um, this idea of a dystopian... Uh, world or, or story unfolding in, a, in, in, in dystopia uh, sort of <laughs> took hold in my, in my head. Yeah. Um, and, and then that sort of evolved into what you see in, in A Darkest Sun, not, not a dystopian uh, story in that sense, it, depending on if you perceive our society as being a tad bit dystopian. Sure. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think... I. I the idea came from from let's see um, I, I, where we ended up with the, with the whole this whole thing. I I, I said I was going to write the lyrics, and that took a lot of time because the lyric had to sort of conduct the how the story was supposed to unfold in in the film, um, and I wanted it was supposed to be sort of a, a concept album or a concept EP. Uh, but not in a linear sense. The film is linear in a way. Sure. But but the lyrics themselves are sort of four different perspectives of of like a a, a mutual or a common core sort of right uh, right. And they can be interpreted uh, in several ways. But of course, when you watch the film, uh, that's only one interpretation of. Of the songs, and and it's funny you mention that because I as as I've watched this countless times at this point, I noticed that every time I watched it, I would wind up pausing the video and kind of 
gathering myself, if you will, just because I was I wanted to make sure that my interpretation of what I was seeing was correct. Um, did, do you can you get into a little bit about what I guess your ultimate vision was or did you want to pat, or did you have multiple visions? And that's what the, the piece came to be. Uh, I think I think I ha- I had a vision of of uh, well pretty much what you see unfold in the film like uh, uh, at the core there is this uh, sense of of being on the hunt for something that is empty pretty much and of course that's a philosophical societal uh, and maybe political uh, thing. Um, but I also want to, well, it doesn't matter. When you write the lyrics, of course, people will interpret. Uh, people will probably find religion in it, although I don't have those intentions. Um, and people can find all sorts of things that sort of map on to their own lives. Uh, but my idea in, in interpreting it through the visuals is, is the, um, uh, the chase for the, the emptiness and how it sort of consumes us. And... and uh, Although it's a sort of a linear story in the film, it's still four different perspectives on how 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 the protagonist or or the I, or depending on how you see things, uh, sort of relates uh, and and what he or she tries to make of it, uh, and perhaps how he or she tries to make a way out of it. You know, the the sort of um, the vice, if you will. Sure, and and and. I think that resonates at least with me as the listener because uh, these were a number of the, the the bigger thematic issues that I noticed as, as I'm listening to this. And for for obviously fans of the band, you you maintain your core sound throughout the entire thing. So when you listen to this, you know it's a Wolverine EP. But and and I say this with 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 love. You know, I listened to your old albums, and I almost felt like something was, I don't want to say missing, but I thought that the video really made the music pop on this for me in ways that maybe some of the other albums, although I love them, it, you know, you're left to a little bit more of your own interpretation when you read the lyrics on, on a communication loss or a machine of Eva. But with here, you know, you're seeing the lyrics and then at the same time, you're watching something happen at the same time. And I thought it was just extremely creative. So kudos to you for that. Yeah. When, when if I'm just going back to, I guess, the beginning for one second, when did this idea for this EP come to you, Marcus? Was this something that you had been thinking about for a while? I know it had been about five years since the last album. Well, um, in today's musical climate, um, you know, with all the physical media going away and, you know, a lot of streaming and uh, videos and uh, and there's a lot of it you know there's a lot of music and there's a lot of bands and everybody has a voice nowadays uh so, so you know the film thing was a good idea i thought because uh, it, it makes maybe us po- poke out a bit from the noise um yeah. a bit you know um so, so that was one aspect of the film idea that I liked, uh, and and I I've always liked the EP format for some reason because it's like it's a small album. It's not a full album, but it's a small album that you can uh, sort of uh, experiment with uh, a bit. You know, you, you have a, a small format thing that you can try things in. Yeah, and to that, you know, a couple of things. Number one, I think that if this had been a full 
album set to video, it may have almost been too much to digest just because never, never mind the work that goes into it, but it's just so much there that I thought it was, it's, it's perfect for the length that it is. But if you go too much deeper into it, I, I could see the, the, you know, the fan in me just saying to myself, it's, it's almost too much. So I, I thought that was very interesting. And second of all, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of bands when they when they release their albums, you know, a week before or a month before they're releasing videos. But it's not the kind of video that you did with the darkened sun. It was, you know, they're basically just, you know, you'll see a band playing live or you'll see, uh, you know, lyrics on the screen. This was a lot more introspective than that. And I think that that resonates from the second that it starts. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, the or you thought, or you thinking about the the pre like the snippets of of previews with the strange uh, sounds, uh, like previous to the actual uh, trailers or release. Yeah, and and yeah. even with other bands, you know, they'll 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 release an entire song yeah. of, of the album, and they'll they'll put up the lyrics, and it's it's a great intro into what you're about mm, to see. Mm. But with you guys, when you know when I first watched this on October thirty first of last year. I, you know, I, I sat there for 28 minutes and I was, you know, you could tell this was a different music video mm. than what everybody else was doing. It was really very unique in that way. Uh, and, and I think that at least, I, you know, I can say for myself, it resonated with me and I'm sure it mm. does with with other listeners, you know, as well. So um, and, and I, at some point, I want to touch a little bit upon just um, the music industry in general and, and, and the success that you've had with it and where you kind of see it going in the future. But before we do that, let's just do a little bit of a deep dive into each of the four parts, if you will, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of the video. Because, you know, I, I know that you've you've done a lot of uh, other interviews and whatnot. But I just wanted to talk at least a little bit about each of the four parts and, and some of the stuff that resonated. Sure. Uh, when you when you jump into a Phoenix Lane, you know, one of the things that jumped out to me is you have this girl. She's looking at her phone. And, and one of the things that you see on social media is the look at me, look at me, look at me. And I yeah. thought that that was an extremely powerful image. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was about and, and, and what the, uh, the idea for that piece was? Because it sets the tone for the entire, for the entire release. Yeah, I think uh, well, Phoenix Lane uh, on the whole is, you know, if, if we dive into the idea of what it represents, what it represents in the story uh, on the whole. Uh, it, it's sort of, um, we get to meet this individual who is in some sort of distress uh, and uh, we we can see some, you know, we get some clues as to what this might uh, be. Um, she's looking back at better days basically but also like yeah, like you mentioned with the with a with a cell phone it's um i thought I, I i sort of wanted to push the the media social media or or the like the digitized the digital world that we sort of perhaps spend most of our lives unless we're hopefully sleeping uh it becomes a sort of a sleep in itself to sort of spend your hours uh in something that is sort of it's virtual in that respect and to me it was important to show that but also to to show that to show that with a with a cell phone 
perhaps it felt a bit obvious, you know, and, and sort of you want to portray this poor individual who's sort of stuck in the in the motions of, of uh, I don't know, mainstream or, or whatever, mainstream life or, or the chase for uh, status or, or whatever that might be. Uh, it, it, it becomes perhaps a bit too obvious, but at the same time, it's also a huge part of, of our reality in, in the Western world. So um, that was what I wanted to show, that, that this unhappy individual is sort of... Uh, stuck to the screens you know also with the tv uh, in that respect and i try to sure. use those elements as a symbolic uh, a symbolic means of of sort of uh showing something perhaps well the deeper than just a flat screen if you will and, and uh, i think that resonates uh you know it resonated with me with the whole hate book mm -hmm. reference and everything i thought that that oh was, you uh, noticed that i, I did i did it was it was it was creative but it made yeah. me smile, and I and Thank I could you. see obviously yeah. where, where we were going with this. But I, you know, I, I think hate. it's it's yeah. it's a commentary that's it, it, that's definitely <laughs> worth uh, bringing to light. Yeah, I mean, there were so many there were so many things that. like that throughout the entire piece. Yeah, I won't mention them all. I'll I'll, I'll no. leave the spoilers for 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 people when they watch it on their own. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up one, my, one of my favorite lines in the entire piece. It's uh, it's the girl is walking down the street and she and it says, I'm a void of stolen dreams, skies I'll never reach. And I don't know if this was intentional, but on the left hand side, you see the Rolex store, which I thought was very poetic. And I don't know if that was intentional or if it was something that was just kind of a function of the way it was filmed. But it, it resonated with me. I think it, it's both. Uh, for better or worse, the Rolex store is there. And of course, the Rolex is uh, one of our status uh, you know, symbols exactly. or whatever in society, like the expensive watches. Uh, and of course, in, in the, uh, on the screen, you see something on the screen as well on the left-hand side. Uh, but still, I needed a street to, to sort of where, where I could, could film uh, Rebecca, our protagonist. Um, but of course, it, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's also a matter of, you know, seeing these storefronts uh, uh, with the Rolex, of course, uh, they might not symbolize the same kind of, you know, uh, status as a, an expensive watch, but, you know, it's all about, you know, it's about fashion and stuff like that as well, sure. of course. Uh, so the storefronts, of course, could be said to symbolize, you know, the, well, perhaps windows that we sort of, uh, that we, we, we look through these storefronts and, um they become some sort of mirror to ourselves in in you know here's what what i could be you know if i had this item and so on and so forth so it's it's like um <laughs> you look into to magic mirrors through through uh storefronts if if you follow that sort of line of, of sure. symbolics and, and uh like metaphor if you will no yeah I want to. I think that that again resonates. Mm. Let's go to the breach, which is obviously kind of Act Two of this uh, this this narrative, if you will. Mm. When when Marcus, when you were you know kind of coming up with the the skeleton, as we call it, for the ideas for this, I me personally, I heard a bit of a like a Fate's Warning vibe with with the breach, like that American progressive metal band. Was that was? Am I hearing things, or was that one of like your bigger influences when you were writing? Oh. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I just, I, I just had this riff uh, that I just, you know, I, I was fooling around with the guitar, 
right uh, and, and uh, I just made a song out of that and and made something that you know flowed quite good I thought and yeah uh, it was very catchy and it was one it was it was it kind of it's that riff really appears throughout the entire section of the song but it's it's extremely catchy which um you know, as, as a listener, it's just something that you can kind of gravitate towards. So I found it a very easy listen in that sense because I, I think it's a fantastic uh, riff that you built the piece around. Yeah, and and it's a it's like a machine. You mm. know, it it functions as a machine throughout the whole song. You, sure, you know, it's, it's, it's something like that just machine. Or... Yeah, it's something that goes on and on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's. Yeah, it really for the entire piece. I think it was for the entire you know part of the song. It was it was definitely reoccurring, if you will. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit, I guess, about that? Like, I guess you call it like a clandestine operation with with the investigator. What was the point behind that part of part of the film? It was it was interesting to me because it was a little bit different than the rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that when I. When I wrote the the I, one of the earliest sort of ideas that I had uh, for for, uh, for the visual part of this story was that I, I saw this uh, like private detective running around looking for clues, beating people up, and so on, so on, uh, uh, and and this became sort of the the part in the story where 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 uh, the protagonist is on a hunt for sort of well be it the truth or, or clues uh, to, to uh, 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 a more, um, like a happier past or whatever. So in, the, in that respect, we, we, we have this chase as a, uh, in these alleys and so on as a, as a symbolic for, for a, well, maybe trying to get to a point where you get to know yourself uh, again and so on. And with the clandestine operation, of course, you... You have to sort of go undercover or under the radar uh, to to do this. You have to sort of uh, untangle from from the perhaps the forces that pull on you all the time, that, that demand they demand your attention. Um, they say things about what to be and not to be, and and so on. So in that respect, you have to sort of. Uh, well, you have to go into stealth mode to, right, to, right. To, and, and, and sort of shut the noise off and go on your hunt. You know, and it was interesting because the way that the, the scene ends is you have your main character basically destroying this small room, mm. the one with the wheel outside, and then she goes off running. And it's kind of like a poetic way to end the, you know, the first two acts of, 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 the, of the movie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like uh, our protagonist, uh, follows the leads uh, to get to the source, obviously, um, but discover that that she sort of she's not getting anywhere. She's still stuck in, in right. this place, which sort of uh, induces this anger, this uh, frustration, and so on that you see. Uh, which obviously is like the perfect segue into Act Three: the dead is the moon, where she's basically <laughs> just a puppet or a marionette on strings. Yeah. Because she's, you know, you know, it's almost it's symbolic of being controlled by these outside forces and really having no say in it herself, right? Like I, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, that's definitely one way of of looking at it. And uh, 
the original idea or if or are we drifting into that dead as the yeah, moon? Yeah, let's let's go into yeah. dead as the moon, which is like yeah. kind of the third act of 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 the piece um at, before we get to hibernator, which really and I'll get to that, but I think that really ties the whole thing together and kind of throws the listener for a curve, but we'll get there. Mm. Describe for me um kind of the symbolism between that puppet marionette um visual that you see in Dead as the Moon yeah. because it's 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 really to me an extension of the breach, but I can see that it's it's nearing the end for for our protagonist. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it sort of takes off where 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 the act two, uh, chapter two ends, and uh, it's like a dream state where where the original idea for that one was that uh, that uh, the protagonist was supposed to dream about someone in white dancing mm. in this concrete room which uh, eventually became the puppet that we see. So that, you know, and uh, I had this original idea of, of uh, her seeing herself in a, in a window um, uh, as well. Um, but of course, the puppet is, is a powerful and sort of, well, if you will, obvious symbol of what you've just described, that you're sort of powerless uh, but at the same time, you you sort of, I don't know, if you could say that you're willingly entering that sort of state where, where you're controlled by external uh, factors. But, but uh, it's, it's um, the core of that is it's, it's about confronting yourself, obviously, because uh, she sees herself in this state. So it's two realities or two right. versions of herself. Uh, in sort of a dream state. Yeah, it's quite, where it's, it's I guess, quite Matrix-like, if you will. It was, but it re- it's just the realization of what her life has become, right? Just because she's finally seeing the effects of everything around her on herself, and she realizes that she's kind of trapped in a way, or at least yeah, that's how definitely. I took it. Oh yeah, definitely trapped in in this room, the the, the inner room that she sort of tends to <laughs> revisit in different contexts. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, and then we'll just shift to, to the fourth and final piece before we I have some other some other questions that I want to get to. But with yeah. with Hibernator, you know, to me, it's it was really a nice juxtaposition with the rest of it, because now you have this white background, which is where it starts. Mm. The font is the same, but it's just the color scheme is flipped on yeah. its head and you can it's see that now it's transitioning. Right. And and you see this white rabbit. And what was the idea behind this white rabbit? It, it reminded me of like Alice in Wonderland or something like that. I, I have to ask you what the white rabbit was. was yeah, the white rabbit is, is is sort of um, uh, to honor uh, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. No, it it it's uh, the the rabbit is of course uh, a symbol uh, borrowed from from uh, Carol's work uh, sure. Alice in Wonderland, who is in a hurry all the time. Yeah. Uh, so the time is a factor in this storyline as well. You know uh, what we make of time, and and time is uh, is of the essence. Time is what the only, well, the most precious thing that we we do have. If you sort of uh, peel off this uh, these shallow and external bits, um, doesn't matter how many Rolexes you own or or I don't know cars or houses, you still have a finite amount of time to live your life. Um, so, uh, and also the Alice in Wonderland bit is of course, the Wonderland itself, of course, uh, the rabbit stands as a symbol for for that too. Uh, the Wonderland that we sort of find ourselves in, uh, basically 
well, many of us at least, uh, all the time through screens and so on and, and sure. sort of li living a life of, I don't make-believe or, or something. So I thought the rabbit was a good thing to, to put in there. Uh, it's a bit of fun, of course, as well. And, it and it sort of it relates to the Matrix as well, because the White Rabbit is in the Matrix, um, definitely. But but of course, the original thing is is uh, Lewis Carroll's uh, Alice in Wonderland. I'm yeah. glad that I was right on that, because I would have felt pretty <laughs> silly if I was completely off base. But I, I did pick up on that. Hibernator is an interesting song for me, because it's one of the most uplifting or 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 i don't want to say happy but when you when you combine the song with the movie it's one of the happier wolverine songs which for a <laughs> band and i don't think you'd i think you'd agree it doesn't the the band it, it's it's a it makes you think it makes you question it makes you uh really listen with a critical ear and in this case a critical eye mm. but it's not the kind of band where you're finished and you're smiling right T at least for me typically i smile because i enjoy the music but it's not it's not always the most uplifting of of themes but here you have this girl who the mask finally comes off and then all of a sudden out of the corner of her mouth a <laughs> slight smile and a touch of color for the first time and the only time in the entire piece. And I thought it was just like a really powerful way to, 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 to put a bow on this 28 minute mm. journey that you go on. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. No, of course it, it's a, it's a matter of, well, well, I would say that, uh, lyrically and, and, and visually, of course, uh, hibernator is about breaking the hibernation sort of, and, and sort of, uh, untethering from whatever binds you, uh, I would say, um, and of course the the very last scene with the, with the mirror and and the the color, of course, it, it's it's a symbolic of of some of change, obviously, and and absolutely sort of progression, perhaps, if you will, uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, but I I have a question for you here. Sure. Because, uh, do you uh, see the song differently when just listening to it compared to when you see it with the film? Absolutely. And, and, and because I, I think that that was what part of the magic for me was when I, when I got to watch it and listen to it, you know, when, when, as it was originally intended when it was first released. I think that if I listen to the song without the, the, the video accompanying it, I'm not sure that I would have even picked up as a listener about that, the ending, the ending scene, which to me is, you know, the climax of the entire thing. Yeah. So, and, and and again, I, I but I think the reason I I say it's one of the happier or more um, uh, thought provoking songs is just because of the video that accompanies it. So to to that end, you did a phenomenal job of of conveying that the song itself has a little bit of a, a happier melody to it than some yeah. of the darker. Yeah, songs. it carries some sort of hope. Or, yes, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which is you know, especially now, it put a real smile on my face because I think it's been a long year for everybody for a yeah. million different reasons. But I thought it was just a nice way to end it, and and I think that when you when you, you know, for for people that haven't had a chance to hear it, go out and and listen to this, obviously, and 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 buy buy the piece, but do yourself a favor and also watch it because. It's both elements together, which really make the music pop in a way that um, it might not have, but for the video accompanying it, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm dying to ask you, Marcus, I, my understanding is that you did the, like the kind of like the mix on the album, right? Like, how did you do, learn to do such a proper mix? Were you, were you, did you have training in this or is, is, has that kind of 
changed for you over time. And the reason I say that is I just thought that sonically it sounded so good. Uh, and, and I don't have the greatest headphones, but when I'm listening to it with headphones, I noticed so much stuff in the background and, and, and kind of just stuff going over my head while I'm listening to it. I, I thought it was just a phenomenal mix. Thank you. Uh, I'm not trained at all. Um, I actually, I, I actually saw this uh, EP as some as, as a test for myself to try to do something from scratch. Um, we have we have recorded stuff in the past. You know, communication lost. We we di- we did all the recordings by ourselves and and machinery were. Viva as well, we did all the recordings, but someone else has always mixed the albums. Mm. Uh, this time around, uh, and again, uh, because of the EP format, you know, it, 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 it allows you to test stuff, to try, try stuff out. And, and, and uh, another factor in it, we, we are not a rich band. <laughs> so, so, uh, and I thought to myself, why why couldn't I do this? How how hard can it be? That's yeah. what we are, the rest of the band asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, ha- having done it, is it something you see yourself doing going forward? Because I, you did a, it was just like I said. I you know I I listened to a lot of music, but this just resonated with me sonically. And I'm not even talking about the quality of the music or the quality of the video. The 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 sound quality I just thought was some of the best stuff I've heard in a long time, just the way that it sounds, you know, it's, it just sounded so clean and so crisp. And I just thought it was well done. I I thought you should know that. Thank you uh, again. uh, Well, this is the second proper album I have mixed in my life. Uh, The first one was an electronic pop album by a friend of mine called (laughs) Moist. Uh, his latest album I mixed, and that was like eight, nine, ten songs. I, I don't remember. Um, so that was the first thing, uh, but that was a totally different kind of music. But but I, I, I saw that as some kind of learning process as well. Um, and and I have you know some producer friends that I have been you know harassing with with questions and. Uh, uh, so so forth, you know. So so that that's a part of it as well. So can, can I add something as well? Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Are, are you done? <laughs> no, I'm I'm done. <laughs> no, but, and, and also part of of the way we work in in the band is, is of course that we are very critical and there's a lot of arguing going on. And of course, Marcus had to take a lot of. Uh, opinions and so on from from the rest of us regarding the whole thing that he did that 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 big chunk of of the production so uh well obviously marcus uh took lead on it and 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 did his thing and and sort of uh worked his way through it uh but i i, I can imagine i don't know marcus but that it's also a bit of a a nuisance, as a nuance, and like it's annoying to to have us on your back, demanding <laughs> things. And, I guess and they have... say too many cooks in the kitchen spoils yeah, the yeah, broth. Is is the yeah, expression? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's how things 
tend to work. And when it comes to sensitive things, you know, the songwriting is one thing, but then to actually do a mix that is supposed to be released, uh, it becomes sort of, you know, the stove that you, you know, you, 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 you're there, you touch the, the plates and uh, you sort of get into dangerous territory when when, when we start to argue about it. And, yeah, uh, and there's so many different kind of mixes you can do yeah. for a song. Uh, and it's partly, it's very subjective, you know. Um, you, you can have a, you, you can like the, the over-the-top, productions or you can like the minimalist yeah you know stripped down stuff more you know it's all a matter of taste Mm. yeah there's no there's no right or wrong answer it's just uh i guess how 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 you feel obviously when you're mixing it and what you think will resonate with the listener but i i mean it's an imperfect science right it's not like there's one answer to these questions and that's why you know you've heard albums throughout the years with with different mixes and it almost makes the album sound completely different just because of the way that things are equalized in, in certain certain ways yeah and, and some some mixes that that even can be considered bad maybe have some kind of character to it that's right that, it, that if you take that away it's not even the same same album anymore right right mm-hmm. no i i agree um going back to the video for a second thomas when when you is this your first foray into a big video project like that we'll we'll get to some of the other work that you that you're doing you know at, towards the end but when when did this real passion for you know videography or photography come out was it was it an extension of the music or was it something else altogether no i don't know i think it's well it's 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 a matter of i suppose creativity and and working with uh, aesthetic stuff and and I happen to be interested in, I don't know, design, layout, you know, the visual work, although I'm not trained uh, to do it, really. And um, photography uh, has been an interesting, uh, well, like, uh, an interest of mine for many years. Um, and um, I suppose that has given me, I, I, I'm not much of a photographer, but I, I, I think I have an eye for for details and and you know uh, settings and I know composition uh, I would say uh, and I've done some just minor stuff video wise and I really enjoyed that but but apart from that you know this a darkened sun is my <laughs> my sort of uh, the door opener into the gateway, if you will, yeah, into, sort of the gateway to 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 work with video in this respect. I I had no previous, you know, serious knowledge, on, you know, in on how to to even go about. I didn't own a camera when I began this a mm. digital film camera. I didn't own anything. I didn't even have the software to to sort of properly do post-production and so on so so it, i i just took it basically from scratch apart from the you know the stuff stuff that i had uh in me basically and i've done some just simple work in in iMovie and and so on so so this was the beginning actually it's yeah. it was it's 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 a heck of a introduction if you will <laughs> because it looks like a much bigger budget operation than it was which i guess is kind of you know you you mentioned marcus about like 
the budget of the band, yeah. it, 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 you wouldn't know it when you watch it, which I thought was very, very interesting because it looks like it's a big, uh, a big production, but it was really done on a minimalist budget, if you will. So that's, uh, you know, very interesting. Yeah. Did, did COVID or, or, you know, the, the, the lockdowns and all the stuff that's been going on for the last year alter the project in any way, or was it really just, um, still the way you envisioned it being released free for everybody last, last fall? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, of course, COVID, you know, the pandemic, of course, uh, meant that we, or actually I can only speak for myself with, uh, with the video bit to, to alter some of the plans for the, for the film. Um, for example, the breach, uh, all the meetings taking place in that film uh, were supposed to be uh, the protagonist meeting uh, <laughs> the, the band members, you know one-on-one -on -one basically and getting clues or whatever you know symbolic <laughs> clues and stuff uh so that that didn't happen uh but per uh our keyboard player he lives in stockholm so we managed to at least meet and, and do something and and then i sort of pieced uh, pieced some scenes together because i thought we should be in the film all of us yeah uh, not not playing music but but to sort of be re represented as 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 band members in in a suitable way and and uh, what you see with well stefan on the screen and <laughs> marcus on on a screen or two uh and and jonas in in the television um yeah. are just you know ways that i came up with you know to solve that uh issue basically yeah very very interesting yeah. i um I, I, I'm, I'm happy again that this is, I know that there had been some demand for a digital release, which obviously again has just come out mm. uh, this past Friday. And I understand that it's actually going to come out on vinyl sometime in the fall. So that, that that'll be exciting as well. Um, and I'm sure something that many people will want to get their hands on. Um, mm. Can you, can you, I guess just generally speaking with the way that the music industry is, do you, is it, do you find it hard to, to reach, you know, like a bigger audience with, with something like this, because with a project that's so, with such a big mm. project, um, I think the hardest thing for, 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 you know, I mean, for us as podcasters, for, for you, for you as musicians, just getting that, that audience to, to exposure to something and then knowing mm. that the, the project itself will carry, will, will carry the audience. I don't know. I do. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I have a few thoughts on 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 the difficulties in even though, as Marcus said uh, at the beginning of this um, episode, he we talk about trying to sort of break through the noise and doing something uh, special, yeah. Uh, yeah, something different. Uh, what well, was, of course, um, something that that at least made me and Marcus uh, enthusiastic about about working with this. Um, but at the same time, you know, after after the release of, of the film, uh, immediately we had this demand on digital audio release. And instead of, of uh, I don't know, I think it was difficult to 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 face that uh, the, the whole thing that we wanted to uh, sort of give to to our fans and you know, other people, uh, wasn't perhaps received the way that I, at least I had expected, you know, to, when, when you have like a multidimensional thing like this, uh, that, that we sort of put our soul into creating, it was, it was, um, 
I didn't expect that the minute it was released, there was this talk about, well, you, you should release it on audio or Spotify and, and right. so on, instead of, oh, okay, well, it's free now and it's something. But at the same time, I understand it, it's very demanding. Like you say, you have to pause and sort of uh, think about what you're seeing and interpret it. It, it. it demands more of the listener and viewer to, to sort of take in this whole, uh, the full concept, the audiovisual uh, It concept. is, so, but... That, but that's why the length, right, is perfect in my in my opinion because it's yeah. it's not too long that it's uh, too much to digest. But at the same yeah. time, now that I go back and I listen to just the audio, yeah. I find myself thinking about the movie piece yeah. and how it corresponds to the audio because I've again I've watched it a number yeah. of times, so it's kind of ingrained in me, and I know this. I know I know what images accompany the songs and that's why the songs have the effect that they do because of the movie that that accompanied with it in the first place or you know yeah. for the first countless times that i listened to it but don't you think that having seen the the visual bits of it that it sort of uh ruins something for you as a listener if you would have just listened to the album or ep before you got to see the the audiovisual thing i, I in in one respect the audiovisual production has stolen <laughs> your imagination if you will in a sense uh, but but to me because again i've listened to thousands of albums right so yeah. i i have that experience every time i put on an album for the first time mm. here it was the exact opposite where i was yeah. basically watching you know i i felt like i was watching a movie but with a soundtrack that might not have been created by john williams mm. but was re but created by you know uh by this band that I've been listening to for the better part of 20 years now. So mm. for, for me, it was it was just a different experience, but something that I actually appreciated because it was it broke up the norm, which was namely, you know, so and so band is releasing a new album. Let me put it on and listen to it for the next yeah. 60 minutes. And, th and that was also a question we asked ourselves, you know, why is it that we have to release something uh, just audio? Mm. Why isn't it? Or on that, CD, or you know. Yeah. Why isn't it that an album could be a video? Right. Only? Right. Why not? Why not? You know, um, that was one of the things we we were you know thinking about, uh, mm. and uh, I, I don't think people really understood it that way. Right. Said but with you, a humble attitude. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's a very, very interesting question. And I hope that it's one that other artists kind of adopt and, and at least think about incorporating into their, um, you know, their future releases. Uh, mm. And before I you know, I, I want to get to Wolverine and kind of like a little bit of what the future may possibly mm. hold for the mm. band. But I just want to actually go back in time for one second. Back in 2013, you all had the um, opportunity to play the Prague Power USA Festival, which is something mm. I've been going to for almost 20 years now, and a number of our listeners uh, have been attending on a regular basis. I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that experience, mm. just generally, you know, how how you first had heard about the festival, and I know that you had played the European edition, uh, I think at least a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, I know at least once. How did that whole um, process come to be where you got to come over and play the States back in 2013? Uh, I actually spoke to Stefan today about it and uh, tried to remember. Um, I, I think we got the got a call or, or someone wanted us to play there. Um, 
and we did. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's simple as that, right? And it was interesting because you guys had you guys played your normal regular set, if you will, you know, plugged in a live show, and then you also got to do more of a stripped down acoustic set, which just speaking to you know a lot of colleagues and friends, that second set for some people actually was the best set of the weekend just because it was so um intimate and so uh emotional i guess in, in a number of ways mm. i was wondering how you kind of constructed the set lists and really just what it, what went into that whole experience because for some people they had never heard of you guys and for others they were fans for you know for over 10 years at that point so it was it was an interesting mix of, uh, of the crowd but it seemed like it went over at both sets really exceptionally well yeah, I think we we constructed the the set list the way we always construct the set list, and that is, you know, you you, you look at what do we want to play, what do people, what do we think people want to hear, right, uh, and what can we do to make it a bit varied. Yeah, it's about dynamics, right? You have to sort of well. Where you have to find like a balance of of uh, I don't know slower and well we're not very fast but you know <laughs> slower, slower faster or more intense songs if you will and and you know the 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 more laid back stuff uh, to trying to find some sort of uh, dynamic ebb and flow ebb yeah, and yeah yeah I think that if you yeah. keep the same uh, tempo uh, if you will you know, throughout, you're going to lose the audience, but it's the ebbs and flows which really make for a great set, so. Yeah, I think I, to, to well, the, the the second set that we did, uh, the acoustic set, that was, I think, it was great. I think it was, uh, like you say, it was very intimate in that respect, and, and uh, the closeness with the audience made it really uh, well something special to to me at least I, I think it was one of the greatest moments to me on stage uh you know we're playing the fretless bass and all that i think right it's nice. right uh so so that was good whereas on on the on the big stage with the the heavier set uh the other day i it was i don't know i it was um it was great fun to be there to play, uh, but it it wasn't the same sort of connection with the with the audience. And also, our setlist was cut. We had one more long tune that we were going to play, uh, which was a real bummer because the the band before us they sort of uh, went on overtime, if you will, and and uh, we didn't know that our set was going to be cut until. Right. We were ready to play the last song, and then they said we had to get out of stage. That's that's a bummer. Um, nonetheless, it was one of the highlights of of of, of my time going to the festival. So I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I know that you had toured a little bit around uh, the last album from from 2016, which I which I had mentioned earlier. Uh, is, is there any you know, as things, I guess, slowly begin to open back up, is a Wolverine tour in the future something that you'd like to do um, around a darkened sun? Or, you know, because I, I, the way I envision it, obviously, if you're doing a full set, you could do a 30-minute piece with the video in the background, and I could actually exactly. see it really be a, a, a phenomenal live experience. Yeah. I Yeah. Well, um, uh, the tour bit, in, in, you know, us as a band, we, we, we live in different places. We live, 
we live different lives um so so it's always quite difficult to get something to get something like a tour together sure um so it's a matter of finance as well you know to be able to yeah, get away of yeah. course and family family life obviously of course the, yeah. there's a lot of factors and and um, we certainly would want to do it but but it has to be uh, the right circumstances and mm. uh, the right everything has to be you know fall into place uh, mm. so so in some way I, I, I like this idea of doing a streaming live streaming concert or or something like that for us that is the way we are yeah you know it's it's with with a lot of bands having to kind of adjust or think of new ways to reach an audience and and kind of um get their name out there a lot of bands have been doing the streaming thing right over especially over the course of the last year where they couldn't go out and play live shows um so that would definitely be uh, an interesting yeah. an interesting and perhaps uh, we would have done that during the pandemic unless we lived in different cities you know it's right. it's uh, uh, so we we haven't been traveling uh, really, and we haven't sort of uh, <laughs> we haven't met in a, quite a while, and we haven't played we haven't played live since 2017 when right. we ended uh, the little tour, the European tour. Um, and Marcus has been talking about this live streaming thing that we could perhaps do, um, but to to sort of get back to what you were saying, Justin, about. Uh, Doing a darkened sun as a whole with video, uh, I think that would be great. It would be good. It would be it would be nice if you could do it. Sort of, you could have uh, like scenes that aren't really in the film or angles and so on. It would be a lot of it would it would entail a lot of work to sort of put it together unless you wanted to just um, put the film on in the background but if you want more you know screens and so on to sort of yeah tell the story well, I guess play. it depends on how much um you know it's it's certainly a commitment and one option is and not that I'm telling you what to do but you know one option is to obviously have the movie on in the background and that's easier I guess at this point but if you wanted to yeah. really enhance it with different scenes or cutting in different images that may not be in the video so that fans would be able to see, you know, oh, this is different from from what I originally saw, yeah. or maybe just another vision. You want to give something special, you know? Yeah, you're... yeah. But it's nonetheless, it's something that you then have for for in perpetuity because I think that it's it, it to me, it's just such a strong musical release that it's something that would seamlessly fit in, inside a typical Wolverine set list. But that's mm. just uh, my my uneducated opinion. No, I, I, no, I know you're... <laughs> I think you're more of an expert on Wolverine than we are. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I <think that's> wrong. <laughs> no, um, nice. So nope. Let me ask you that, guys, this question. Just what else have you been working on as, as we, you know, kind of wrap things up a little bit? What have you guys been working on independent, obviously, of, of uh, a Darkened Sun, you know, over the course of the last year or so? Yeah, Marcus, what have you been doing? I've been doing some pop stuff and uh, been doing some electronic music stuff and uh, yeah, I, I think it's that's about it. Okay, <laughs> really, not, and, not uh, much. Some stuff with uh, with your um, the band that you tour with at, at times, right? You yeah, did a video yeah, yeah like yeah, one week ago we did a video. I think it will be released next week or something. 
And uh, I did some live streaming stuff with another band, like an A A O R project. Interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, what's that called? Do you wanna do you wanna reveal? Yeah, do, can you uh, give us names? With this way, we can. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. The, the artist that I recorded a video with last week is called Thomas Deleva. It, it's a Swedish, Swedish, quite famous artist. Uh, yeah. And then the AOR band is called Soul Oblivion. Uh, I think we are on the on Spotify and all the streaming services. Uh, Great. Well, uh, we'll we'll put a link to that in, inside the comments so that people can kind of gravitate towards that um, and, and check out your 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 other musical endeavors outside the typical uh, progressive mm. uh, metal or rock um, that that we're accustomed to hearing. Um, and, and Tom, mm. what, what have you been doing? Um, you know, kind yeah. of, I know you've got your hands in a number of different things that we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, sure. I well, since I'm not much of a songwriter, I I I, I haven't been dealing with music very much. Uh, I'm just happy to to have the Wolverine band members to to play with. <laughs> they right. allow me to be in the band. Uh, no, I, I've been sort of exploring more video. Uh, work um, have this film that I that I sent you is uh, difference and difference. It's about uh, it's a sh- five minute short film uh, related to the COVID pandemic, and uh, the purpose of that making that film is is to sort of honor the the well mainly the nurses, but also the doctors, obviously, who have you know worked to uh, save lives and also while doing that perhaps ended up at the deep end and died uh while trying to protect uh, society so so it it's it's um it's sort of a comment on on uh, solidarity uh, in these pandemic times uh, yeah that's a that that's I, I had the the pleasure of watching that film it's an extremely powerful and moving piece and uh i i i think that it's really speaks to your again that that the whole video and element that you're that you're putting into again the wolverine project and obviously difference in difference the way that i guess you're able to kind of depict or just show and convey emotion without um you know without beating someone over the head with it if, if that makes mm-hmm. sense it's just mm-hmm. this, there's a there's a there's a there's a, a loudness in the subtlety if, if yeah. that makes sense and yeah I think that I think that's makes- what resonated with me yeah i think i think it's uh I was sort of provoked into to telling this little story. It's a, it's a narrated piece uh, where where about you know the observations of of uh, of, of how we behave uh, really uh, and and what kind of things we are ready to do in order to help society recover faster. Uh, it seems that uh, there's been you know during the past year a lot of wonderful things have been done and people have you know contributed. And sort of stood by each other's side to to sort of support each other, but at the same time we see a lot of uh, egocentrism and you know people who sort of want to carry on, uh, go about their business as usual. Um, of course, I can mainly talk about the situation in Sweden, but of course I <laughs> I watch the news and I read stuff and you know I, I see what's happening uh, in the rest of the world as well. Um, some people would say it's it's only fake news, and that's the, <laughs> that, that, that there's that uh, the hospitals are aren't really in in a, 
in a bad state and so on. But then again, I, I, I actually lived together with an anesthetics nurse who's been sort of been pulled into to intensive care, especially last year. And, and uh, uh, unless she's been doing something else <laughs> in the evenings and uh, when she's going to work, <laughs> then, then, then I don't I, understand I what's going on. I have seeing it firsthand as opposed yeah. to... Uh... Of course, you know. I've heard some horrible stories about what's going on and, and, and the suffering that's going on, uh, not only for the patients, but, but also the, our medical uh, personnel who, who sort of, they just continue to show up to, to work and, and, and fight this horrible situation. And I think it's, uh, I, the, what provoked me is that people who try and you know, deny that, that there is, you know, um, uh, that there is a problem, you know, trying to to make things better at the hospitals, and and that uh, people are facing real challenges. Uh, it's, so it's, it's it's mainly a comment uh, on that in that respect. Um, any other projects in addition to uh, difference in difference, or is there uh, anything else to expect down down the line? Uh, I don't know. Well, before we move on to that, I, I, Marcus had a had a piece. I, I Marcus helped me a bit with this project to record some background noise or music. What do you want to call it? Uh, just just symbols. Yeah. So when well, I worked the, on all the sound design for it, uh, and the sound there, much like I mentioned with the dark and sun, it's. The, it, the way it accompanies the video, I think, is very special. So, again, kudos to you on another job well done. Um, for somebody that's just kind of dipping their toe in the, the pool, that you, you've got a real talent. Thank you. Sure. I, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I have some ideas for future films, uh, like be it uh, weird, introspective stuff. Uh, and, you know, it would be nice to do some very short like post-apocalyptic style film with you know with simple means and and uh i don't know but apart from that i haven't i haven't sort of stepped into the next uh video project and this is something that i just do for you know as a, as a to channel creativity it's nothing sure. that i make money on or or uh, you know I'm, I'm, it's, it's it's all learning processes it's it's just like a darkened sun was just an experiment and I'm just continuing to experiment and learn uh, how to make film. <laughs> it, it's it's the same with the music, you know. It's it's only you know ourselves and our own experiment. You know, we we do what we want to hear, and then if someone wants to, if if someone likes it, it's just a bonus. To yeah. Us. It's 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 been a bonus for me for to be able to listen to it and to to, to enjoy the music, and I think that um, you know it's it's let's just say from from the fans' perspective, I hope that it's not another five years before for the next release. <laughs> but I, I I certainly appreciate the the time and effort that go into it, let alone the thought process and obviously the money. So uh, you know much appreciated. I want to thank you both for um, spending the out the last hour or so with me. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, getting some more ears onto this, onto this, uh, this new EP, which is um, just a phenomenal piece. So thank you, gentlemen. I, I really appreciate the time. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. Talk to you soon.
And there you have it, A Darkened Sun, uh, one of my favorite releases from last year. It wasn't on my top 50 just because it was an EP and kind of didn't fit the tone of, of, of the rest of the list, but it's something that I did mention uh, very early on in the podcast, and I'm glad we had a chance to speak to them about it because uh, I know it's something that they're very proud of. Um, but with that, that brings us to next week, uh, and I kind of hijacked hijacked this week with, with the Wolverine EP. I'm very curious to hear what you're going to choose for next week. Uh, well, you know, I figured since we'll actually be together, uh, it would be fun to talk about something that I know uh, we both really like. And uh, and I was kind of looking through some of our uh, back episodes and trying to think of a, of a band that we haven't discussed yet. And um, one of the bands that kind of uh, screamed out to me was Ed Guy. Uh, and we have talked about Avantasia, but not uh, Ed Guy, um, who really have been kind of uh, on hiatus um, over the last few years because of the popularity of, of Avantasia really taking uh, Tobias Samet's, uh, you know, focus away uh, with, you know, touring and, and making new albums and stuff. But, um, you know, Ed Guy was one of those bands in the uh, in the late 90s that um, were just one of those uh, standout German power metal bands. So, um I I kind of wanted I had a hard time picking an album because there's so many good ones, but um, I, I ended up uh, choosing the uh, 1999 album uh, Theater of Salvation. So um, awesome! Looking yeah. forward to that. I was I was curious when you when you said Ed Guy, I thought we could go in a number of different directions. I know you're a big fan of Vainglory Opera. I, I thought that that was a possibility. Um, Theater of Salvation was really I think when we both started becoming rabid. Ed Guy fans, and then part of me thought you might go into one of the newer albums, just because they're so different from from the older stuff. But uh, good choice. I'm looking forward to this. It'll be it'll be nice to listen to this because it's it's been a while. Um, quite frankly, I guess with, with with much like them, right? I, I've been listening to so much Avantasia over the years that I haven't gone back and listened to the classic Ed Guy material. So it'll definitely be nice. Yeah, this was my first Ed Guy album. Actually, I, I had it before uh, Vainglory Opera, um, and you know I'll talk about that next week but um yeah just uh i i i can't even remember the last time i would have sat down and listened to this album start to finish so um i thought it was a good choice and uh i look forward to discussing it with you and and i did want to mention um even though i I wasn't able to uh, join you for the interview uh, i did get to uh listen to the the new ep by wolverine which was uh released on friday um this past friday on uh you know itunes spotify all the normal places you find it and um you know as far as wolverine goes this was uh i think some of the best stuff they they've done um it's it's very wolverine like you know it's it's very uh you know kind of dark and and um but really emotional and uh i thought the production was very well done i had i had been listening to it on youtube until uh it was actually released on friday and then i got to listen to uh the you know the version off of itunes and i was really impressed with how how just how um sonically it sounded it was yeah totally i i could not agree more i I think that that's really important to point out and uh, you know obviously i look forward to more stuff from them um just to kind of set the table for the rest of the month uh, we'll, we'll do Theater of Salvation next week. 
then I'll, I'll pick the last album for May. And then we have a couple of requests that uh, we are, you know, discussing for that first week in June and keep those requests coming because we have a whole queue of these things and we really want to kind of get to them all over time. So send us the requests, um, you know, either hit us up with a private message or just uh, find us and, you know, we, all the social media platforms will, will take any requests uh, and give them real serious consideration for, for, for June and for follow-up months. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've really enjoyed some of the um, the episodes we've done that were requested. Um, I mean, you know, the the Seven Spires episode ended up, uh, you know, getting us to do an interview with uh, two of the members of the band. And um, I really enjoyed do, uh, talking about Megadeth. So, um, yeah, it, it's fun kind of uh, stepping out of the, you know, our choices and, and letting somebody else kind of take the reins. Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny you mention that. We actually have some requests that we... Um there's some albums that we've gotten requests for that I've actually never heard of. And I think that's going to be really interesting when we, when we cover something that neither one of us have ever heard. And we're kind of just listening to it with fresh ears. Um, you know, some of these albums are 20 or 30 years old and yet we've never heard them. So it'll be really interesting to, to, to kind of go back and get a fresh sense for, for people that, you know, have their dipped their toe in some of these pools, but have never actually gone full throttle. Yeah. I think it would be fun to like actually not have any discussion with each other until the episode and just kind of like talk about it for the first time, like while recording and uh, having like a, a genuine reaction without knowing what, what each other's going to say. I think that could be pretty, pretty fun. Um, I'm with you. Uh, and, and then I guess on that note, uh, no better time to end than right there next week, Ed guy theater of salvation. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's show and we will, uh, we'll be back. T- we'll be back soon. And, uh, like I said, next time we record, it'll be, uh, we'll be in the same room, which will be definitely nice and definitely different. Yes. And I apologize in advance for the street fighter noises in the background. Yeah. I can, I, I, I can almost hear the, the third person in the room, the, the, the third member of the NWO in the back. I can almost hear him. So till then, till next week, uh, to when we bring you some ad guy, it's Justin and Chris signing off. Take it easy, bud. Take care. <laughs>